Hello and welcome to the Collaborative Challenge podcast. My name is Abigail Jones and I'm a lecturer on the Collaborative Unit. Today we have, you You were originally called Folk Life, weren't you? Yes, we were. And then you were, and now, but you were finally called Fashioning Stories. Yes. Well, I think that name change is really indicative of the beginning of our project um, because, um, so the four of us, uh, didn't know each other. We're all from different programs. Uh, my name is Carla Belicio. Um, I'm from MA Fashion Futures. And um, when I started out on the project, we knew that it was going to be a collaboration with uh, London College of Fashion and members of the Newham community. Um, but uh, in my eyes, I thought we were going to be working with an established group of makers uh, in Newham. I knew that there were um, there's a textile tradition in that area. So I thought that we were meeting with people who were in industry, um, who had maybe uh, worked in textiles or manufacturing, and um, we were going to be doing this collaborative uh, art project with them. But I thought a lot of it was going to be discussing the history of their textile art and their textile work. Um, so that's where I came at it. Um, so to me, the folk life was learning about their history of craft and their folk life. Um, and then when we really started getting into the project, we realized uh, that wasn't quite the original. I mean, that's not quite the intention and that's not really what we are being presented with. Um, so our first step in this project was just really figuring out what the project was. Um, Olivia, I'm not sure how you entered the project, if you had a, a similar feeling at the beginning. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, I have the same feeling. Well, uh, my name is Olivia and I come from China. Well, actually this time, I mean, I feel very honored to join in our team because I, I actually, I didn't have that too much experience of like uh, craftsmanship. I mean craftsmanship so in this case I really want to learn more and then I saw the brief of our project so I decided to get close to London get close to fashion well so and I know that we're going to like uh, move our campus to the to the Queen Elizabeth Olympi uh, Olympic Park so I I think uh, in this case, I can get close to the local people. Well, uh, I think the way to make, I mean, our project uh, uh, more related to the, I mean, the culture or like our subject that we, I mean, um, dedicated to is the, like, uh, I mean, change name is a very good idea. I mean, for all of us, I mean, and uh, it is, I mean, to clarify and means specify our aim and our target more. Yeah, that's it. Hmm. Yeah, so we realized um, that we needed to establish the community that we were working with. Um, there was the neighborhood. We did have uh, Trisha McCauley who uh, runs the Humble Gallery at the Rosetta Art Center. Um, so she was our gateway to the community there but there wasn't like an established group that we were going to be entering into. So um, 
realizing that we had to figure out a way to attract the community, which we could then work with was a little bit daunting to me at first, because that's not the work that I thought I was entering into. <laughs> um, so uh, that kind of organizational work and how to uh, create something that we could present to them as something that we're working on, but not have a, a final product because this was supposed to be collaborative art was really challenging. Like how do you present an open idea that people will engage with that seems interesting, but not finalized. Like we wanted it to be um, open so that people felt uh, able to contribute their ideas, but not vague. Uh, I guess that was kind of what we were, the, the line that we were towing there. Um, so really figuring out who we were as a group was important. And that's where Gabby came in. Um, she was so amazing at giving us background work to do to establish our group as a group dynamic um, before we entered another community so that we really uh, were coherent. Um, and I feel like that background work is really what helped us when ultimately we all had to uh, be isolated and then totally recreate the project from the ground up. Um, so in our background work, one of the things that we did that was really important was this uh, intercultural communication workshop with um, Adam Renkis. And in that we got to discuss uh, kind of our uh, ingrained bias um, and where we each come from, because we are all coming from different cultures, uh, two from China, I'm from the United States, one of us from, from India and sort of establishing what our values are um, and how that can be different culturally, but then how collectively we can still establish a set of values that we all really agree to and believe in. And through that workshop, we came up with these four values, belonging, appreciation, empathy, and flexibility. And having that set of core values we just kept returning to and returning to throughout this project and it really helped us and uh you know when we first established them we all sort of agreed and it wasn't until the end of the project that we realized that like they were uh just imperative especially flexibility um <laughs> uh being flexible during a pandemic is so necessary um but also this sense of belonging and empathy because uh, we had established this idea of um, this open workshop and we were going to go into the community and together create this map of the area of Newham, of a new community and everyone was adding their memories and their stories to it. And then we were going to kind of take that throughout our workshops and figure out what a project, a collective project might be. Uh, but it really, uh, relied on being together in a community space. And we just got one of those in-person uh, community spaces before all of us had to separate for the uh, pandemic isolation. And then we were kind of lost. Um, how do you do a community project when you can't actually see the community? So we returned to our values and flexibility for sure, had to return to that flexibility and figure out what we wanted to carry forward because it'd be very easy to just say, well, this is the project 
we're just going to keep doing it. That's what we planned. That's what we need to do. Um, but I found that if we just carried forward with the plan as it stood, it was going to lose the heart of the project and really the intention behind why we were creating this art together in this community. Um, we really wanted to establish a relationship between London College of Fashion and Newham. And it was that relationship, that open communication, that dialogue uh, that we wanted to keep. And so uh, then we returned to our, our empathy uh, feeling in our values. How can we be empathetic and open and appreciate these people when everyone is just stressed out and um, is home alone? How can we create this sense of belonging? Um, so that's when we started talking about creating these workshops on Zoom, uh, these making workshops where they would be making simple uh, objects out of things found in the home. Uh, but it would be a way that we could spend time together in the act of making and sort of discuss a lot of the things that we were hoping to discuss in these in-person uh, workshops. Uh, and it was pretty rocky. It was pretty rough. We really had to feel it out as we went along. Um, our first workshop that we held was uh, entirely unattended. <laughs> which was a little bit disappointing. Um, but uh, during that workshop, Trisha of Rosetta Arts uh, did attend. And so we used it as an opportunity uh, to discuss what this workshop is going to be. How can we attract people? How can we make it more engaging? Um, how do you convert an in-person workshop to something online? Uh, things like that. So uh, we used it as a working session. Uh, ultimately, we really had a, a very scarce attendance. Um, when we met in person in Newham, I think we had about 18 or 20 participants. Um, but by the time we transferred everything to Zoom, we had really a regular two. Uh, we would have maybe three or four sometimes, but we had a core group of two, um, which was a little bit disappointing and disheartening. But um, I think that we made that real actual connection with those two members. And I feel like we really established uh, what we wanted to uh, strongly with those two members. And we really hope that this is the beginning of a multi-year project and that next year's collaborative unit um, can continue on. And hopefully Tina and Matthew, who are core two, uh, will be the leaders in the, the Newham side and it'll be a little bit easier to get started. Um, yeah, sorry, I just talked, talked no, for a long no, time. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. No, that was really good. I mean, you swallowed up, you swallowed up all my questions, which is lovely. And I, and that's really what we want. You know, it's, it is a story. It's funny, you called yourselves fashioning stories, but it was a real, it was a real story <laughs> that had, yes. that had some yeah. very, you know, when, it's interesting, because having looked at the work and me kind of thinking, God, you really did learn um, from doing and and I think what was really good about what you just said too was right at the beginning you talked about your expectations and your assumptions of what you thought it might be mm. and and maybe what I maybe what I want to ask is do you think once you all had kind of seen the landscape of what you were being given do you think that kind of set you all off 
on the same footing? Do you think you I all think kind of no you were all gathering or at the same speed, maybe that's what I was going to ask, or observing the um, same things? Or I think it took a little while to get us all onto the same page. Um, there are quite a few discussions that we would have, uh, just as the four of us, to kind of rediscuss what we had uh, just talked about in the meeting with, you know, our uh, external partners or uh, the people that we were doing workshops with. Um, so sometimes one of us would sort of figure out the next step quicker than the others, and then we'd have to kind of double back and explain it or see if we were all on the same page and kind of bring the whole group along. Um, and that definitely took work. We certainly didn't uh, learn or change all at the same pace. So again, that was uh, really the flexibility and the empathy of our values was getting the whole group on the same page uh, throughout. And I guess what you're sort of saying too is that you weren't moving ahead, you were just checking with each other and then moving to the next. That it yes. sounded very much like you were being quite, when you think about those words, that you, those key words, that actually having those values and sharing those values meant that you were keeping an eye, that everybody was on board and no one was being left behind. Exactly. And I would say our forward trajectory wasn't always forward. Um, it was uh, a little forward, doubling back, circling around, going forward, doubling back, circling around. Um, so sometimes it felt like we were not going anywhere at all. Um, and it's not until the end when you look back that you can see the forward movement. So I think it's also, you know, patience with yourself and being really empathetic with your, uh, your own needs and your listening to your expectations and kind of managing those so that you don't, um, I guess, get burned out or frustrated with the group because every group functions differently. It's a totally different dynamic and you function as a different artist in every different group. Um, so you really have to figure out who you are, what's your place in this specific group and not decide uh, from the, the get-go who you are and what you will be doing because that might not be your place in this group. Um, I found I was taking a lot more leadership roles in this group than I tend to. And I was quite uncomfortable with that at the beginning. Um, and I had some discussions about that with Gabby but it was sort of how the dynamic fell and it was something I needed to learn how to do. So um, ultimately I was able to kind of step into that role and help move the group along um, in, in that role. But yeah, it was um, not just learning about the group, but learning about yourself as a collaborator. Yeah, for me, same. I mean, during this our project, I realized that I mean, the base of our project is quite important. I mean, we prepared a lot before we getting uh, get it started. I mean, got started like uh, we we have like our biased, I mean, tutorial thing, and uh, we discuss about our. I mean, values with Adam, and uh, we we know more about the archives with Susanna. Well, after that, we start to like uh, a brainstorming. Well, 
well, as for our landscape of our pages, I think we uh, the good thing is that we always uh, we always followed our steps and uh, we we wrote our journals. I mean, uh, immediately instead of I mean, like uh, to have some lazy stuff. I mean, yeah, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. So actually, I learned a lot from uh, ours. I mean, our members too, like uh, um. I indeed learned a lot from, uh, I mean, because of color, you know how to like sewing and uh, yeah, something about craftsmanship. So yeah, I can learn a lot from here. Actually, I am major in fashion journalism, so I could use my skill of like uh, social media. So I can uh, I can do this with Miyati sometimes, I mean like, uh, uh, to put on put on some I mean advertisements on Facebook and uh, Instagram. So actually I practice myself a lot. I mean no matter inside or outside. So I appreciate a lot uh, uh, to our members. I mean um, yeah Gabby, you, Leo, Nyati and all the participants in our work workshops. And it's interesting that you mentioned the Susanna um, Cordner workshop because I think she was very um, important to your, I mean, I can see that she had quite a big impact on kind of setting you off on that journey. Yes, that was a really wonderful workshop. Um, I think all of us had sort of the idea of using um, an object to sort of help us tell our own story, but we weren't really sure what the kind of cultural basis for that, like we had the kind of uh, the intuitive idea, but she gave us the real structure behind it and the history behind it. So we ended up having two workshops with her. She was really wonderful, really helpful and brought some um, objects from the archive to show us uh, and uh, what kind of stories uh, are being kept sort of in our archive, which was quite interesting. Uh, but a valuable thing that we did was just practice, practice our interviewing skills with her. We each brought an object that meant something to us. And we practiced different methods of uh, either presenting our object and the history behind it, or saying nothing and having other members of the group question us about the object. So we could both get the idea of um, what it was like to be interviewed, but also to be the interviewer. And hearing the way that she constructed questions uh, was very interesting to me. I'm not uh, from a research background or journalism like Olivia. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't always intuitively ask those sort of open-ended questions that can lead to more stories. And I found that I kept asking these questions that would end up in these very brief yes or no responses. Uh, so that was something I really had to figure out how to open up just my questioning or um, how to kind of create these more openings for people to tell their own stories or felt the, um, you know, the desire to share their stories. So uh, those workshops were really lovely and, and good practice before we, we met with our community. And I guess they sort of made you feel personal. So it opened up that personal element to, I don't know, to research the personal element to other people and their stories. I, maybe it was kind of a way of saying, 
you can operate on this level. This is a level that is good and useful. And do you, was it? Did it feel like that, or did it feel? I'm not. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Yeah, I would say she gave us some permission to be uh, more personal or allowed us to ask more personal questions because that's. Uh, the story behind objects is something that's very interesting to me, and I'm a very sentimental per person, so I joke that I can't uh, do that Marie Kondo thing with anything in my apartment, because everything I pick up, I have a story, or <laughs> it means something to me. So I'm a person that, you know, full of story. Uh, so to learn that it's acceptable to ask people to share their stories was really important to me because I wasn't sure if it was um, too personal for a, a project like this. Yeah, that's really interesting. And and do you think, and I'm wondering whether, what between you and Olivia, can you look back and actually think about those skills that you didn't realize you were learning, but you you really can can feel them and and see them now the skills that you gained from the process of being on the collaborative unit yeah i did i mean actually i indeed learned a lot i mean some skills i mean like the way to in interact with people from different backgrounds well actually i Actually, I think I am a foreigner here. I mean, for the British people, but actually during the process of, of talking with them, I I didn't feel that I'm in this way. I can I can engage with them in a very positive way. Well, and uh, as for my personal area, well, I understood their perspectives and thoughts toward fashion especially like their comprehensions about fashion, such as fashion sustainability. Yeah, I noticed that uh, people who live in um, New M community, they they think something like the secondhand materials or stuff to remake something very fabulous. Well, um, well, I mean, all of these stories that they told us is, I mean, it's a, they enrich my method. I mean, that is a very good thing for creating my articles or to make my articles uh, more real. Yeah, so what about you, Carla? Mm. Um, I, I guess my, my learning was a little more uh, abstract concepts. Um, I learned that everybody needs space, uh, space to speak, uh, and and space to create, but that type of space is comfortable in a different way for each person. Um, in our first in-person workshop in Newham, we had a couple of members who very easily shared their stories and then were kind of dominating the conversation um, and trying to navigate, allowing them their space and being able to tell their story, but also allowing for the other people who are maybe a little bit quieter to be able to have the moment to speak and having the um, the objects that people brought was a really great way to navigate that space because you could sort of say thank you for sharing your object I see this other person is holding an object can you tell us about that and that way it allowed people to kind of direct attention away from their person and direct it towards this object if that's what made them more comfortable, um, or they could 
tell a story about themselves. You know, it gave them a little bit more uh, leeway to speak, even if they were someone that wasn't always comfortable taking the floor. Um, so that kind of uh, actual physical space was nice, but also just space and dialogue and uh, being silent sometimes so that the people who are more quiet can actually raise their voice. I think that was a really good lesson for me. Yes. Yeah, I understand. And I think that is a very insightful way of thinking about the collaborative process because you have, you're collaborating with your team, but then you're going out and you're collaborating with the community. Um, it, it is, a, they're, they're the same skills, but used in a different way. But I, I totally agree with you about that space. Um, the other thing I just wanted to ask you, I, this can, this can be, this is of a two way question or you can choose which bit you want to answer but when everything you could talk about when something went really wrong or you can talk about something that surprised you that and each of you may have been just surprised in a different way but yeah you can take your pick on that one whether you want to be talk about something that surprised you or something that just made you think I had no idea well not that you had no idea but that thing about when everything goes wrong what what was your approach collectively or independently well, how to um, say, Carla? Yes. Oh, I was going to say. Well, <laughs> the really, the really wrong part was that we had a, a pandemic in the middle of our collaborative yes, project. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was just um, awful. It was just awful because. Um, first, we needed to figure out how to be students in a pandemic and just navigate uh, how to continue learning in this totally isolated space. And I know that was incredibly challenging for me. Um, I live in Manhattan and I live alone. Uh, so I uh, traveled to London so that I could be with a group of intelligent, uh, creative, ambitious people who I could speak with every day and bounce off ideas and really gain energy from the people around me. And now I was just in this space alone. And now uh, we need to create a project that's all about collaboration. <laughs> and I felt just so isolated. So just navigating how, how to approach learning in general and then figuring out how to work with this group and create new connections was just uh it was just so much it was very very difficult so um how did we get through that <laughs> i don't even know how we got through that i think we had to just do it little by little and be really open with each other and really careful with each other because we're all experiencing um, isolation in very different ways and what we have access to is very different so when we established our making workshops as a way to connect with our Newham community I had the ability to um, do sort of a two camera system so that I could um, you know be on a zoom call but also show my hands making something and I have a full studio here so I could sew and I had all the materials and stuff. 
So um, we were able to create these workshops because I could physically do them, but then the other members of the group could come up with some of the ideas of what we would be making, what we'd be creating. So it was still, you know, everyone could contribute in their own way, um, but use the things that they had accessible to them and use their own strengths. But um, yeah, really trying to navigate just our own personal issues and what we were feeling through this pandemic and then create something new and be innovative was um, just a huge challenge. Yeah, I mean, I mean, actually at the very beginning, I think this is a question without any answer. I mean, for all of us, because actually I still remember that we spent like maybe two weeks or like, uh, yeah, about two weeks to discuss the items that we are going to make. Yeah, I mean, I was a little exhausted during that time because I feel like, oh, so how can I come up with an, I mean, fabulous ideas to like uh, satisfy all the people, I mean, to attract more people to, I mean, get in engaged in our project. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, finally we, we made it, we did it. So I feel very happy actually. <laughs> And then trying to get people engaged and to pay attention to this new project. Uh, we had no idea what was the best method. We tried everything. We have a yeah. Facebook page. We have Instagram. We uh, did Padlet boards. We uh, had an Eventbrite. We <laughs> posted it on the Rosetta Arts website. We were trying to find any way to just get in touch. We had oh, direct mail. We had MailChimp. We uh, did all sorts of things just trying to figure out uh, what was the way we could get people engaged. But because we hadn't originally planned for any of that, I feel like we were really throwing pasta at the wall in that moment, uh, just throwing everything at the problem to see what would work. Yeah, yeah. That, that analogy is brilliant. <laughs> the pasta at the wall. See what sticks. <laughs> you just, <laughs> you throw yeah. everything. Yeah. And, and what's, oh, go on. So we, sorry, what were you going to say, Olivia? Oh, oh, thank you. I mean, now, I mean, although these are, I mean, like the colorful evidence for our, I mean, like uh, progress. I mean, now when I look back, everything, I mean, like Facebook, Instagram, and Padlet, it, I mean, that is a, I mean, a kind of treasure for me. It's like beautiful memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that is, that is really powerful. And, and I think, yeah, I, we, we personally, you know, as an academic or as a and as an artist as well, uh, we we really did kind of feel for you all because we couldn't imagine what that must feel like. But also how no matter what you you became strategic and and you remained engaged. I mean, a lot of a lot of students have said it was so good to have something to do, um, and. And a mission, or a, you know, you, it was it was good that you weren't sort of left wondering what to do. You actually did have, you did have a job to do, and you could turn yourselves around slowly once you kind of could. But yeah, we do respect that it must have been quite a shock to be well, well like all of us collectively were in shock, I think, mm. and so quickly. And decisions, you know, very big decisions had to be made quite quickly without much choice and I think that does make people kind of 
it throws everything up in the air, doesn't it? And I think what helped us was that we had this uh, established group dynamic and our core values set. So um, I think a lot of the decisions that happened once the pandemic began were kind of gut decisions. And looking back at it, I can add on a lot of meaning and I understand where it came from. But um, for instance, the first workshop was um, an origami project that I suggested. And the idea was to uh, do a simple origami project. But then when I was looking at uh, shapes, uh, kind of patterns to do, I found an origami heart. So I came up with the idea of being able to fold your emotions into this heart. And you can either say, uh, write down the things that are making you happy and keeping you grounded in this moment, or draw a picture and then fold it into a heart to keep against your chest as a pendant. Uh, or the way I was feeling was to write down all of the things uh, that are stressing you out, that are uh, terrible hindrances, fold it into a heart and throw it away, you know, kind of get rid of all of those bad feelings and kind of lock it into this origami heart. And uh, I certainly wasn't, you know, doing research about uh, flow states or what the meaning behind origami was or, you know, uh, any of the kind of academic background of what this project was is just how I felt in the moment and what I felt uh, would be a therapeutic thing to do together. And now that I look back at it, it really hits a lot of uh, interesting things and I can, you know, get deep into it and analyze that project. But it was really straight from the gut in that moment. Um, and I think we were able to do that because we had this, this background with Susanna and with Adam and with Gabby and building up uh, to a moment where we could just trust ourselves. And did you feel as if, um, I mean, I think that is really important what you just said about Gabby, Susanna and Adam, that in a way what they did was they provided the kind of content and the boundaries for you to kind of feel safe enough to go yeah let's just try this let's just let's just see if this works do you think that was what happened do you think they were pivotal in that in creating that for you oh yes definitely especially gabby uh she was really amazing throughout um she really kept us grounded and kept us moving forward and she was so supportive um I know that I would have felt a lot more lost if I didn't have our sessions with her. And, uh, you know, it was also really wonderful because I think at the beginning of the project, she also didn't really know what it was going to become. There, I don't think there was an established uh, trajectory for us. I don't know if she already knew that we were going to be meeting with Adam or with Susanna. I'm pretty sure those were uh, kind of in reaction to our growth as a group and she saw what we needed and then applied that. Um, we had bias training, I know, uh, because of some of the discussions that we were having and she was seeing that we were feeling uncomfortable in, in, in that area and so she introduced this training for us. So having um, that responsive guidance was just really 
incredible. She was so great in this project. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think um, Gabby, I mean, considered a lot for, I mean, our start. I mean, to introduce them to, I mean, like, have different workshops with us. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, she's very, she's incredibly proud of the work that you did. She really is. Hmm. Um, and and the the other question I just wanted to ask, and I really appreciate those answers because they're they're very candid and and honest in that in that sort of I don't know in navigating what it is like to collaborate. I think that's really important that that it's it can be a mixed experience and a bit like what you said. I thought Carla was so good was that you said you know it wasn't like you were just heading straight that sometimes you would stop and have to go back and then circle. I think that is really such a generous way of explaining that collaborative work doesn't always, it doesn't have a straight road. <laughs> it certainly does not, <laughs> at least not with our group. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, anything can happen and people have lives and people have personalities and, and, and I think what it sounds so good and I think what Gabby alluded to was that you really did find some safe ground to work and you know to express ideas and and mull them over and you know work them through and yeah I think uh the most disheartening part of this project is I I think we all feel like we're just getting started um we did so much work so much groundwork uh, creating this community and building our team. Um, it feels like, okay, now we get to go back in the fall and really do the project. <laughs> um, so I guess that's, that's sort of the, the downside of this um, one semester project. But um, I think that it's given us all tools and confidence so that when we do approach something like this in the future, we at least know how to get started. And that those relationships are still there. And I think also you may, you may keep knocking on those doors and saying, you know, we still want to do this project and we will find funding or we will find a way to pursue it. I mean, I do think that you'll be amazed how it will come back and support you in a way that you possibly never even imagined because that is the nature of research. It is the nature of taking on a project that size and, and having dug that deep into the topic and into a community. You'll, be, you'll, you'll hopefully be surprised by, you know, staying in contact with those people and, and still working together and supporting each other. I don't know. I do think that that is the best way to survive in, in these times. Yeah, certainly. I think that those are uh, connections that we will keep. Yeah, and you will be fearless in starting up those relationships where you live now. You will, you know, you've kind of made your own maps and you can you can use that map wherever you want. So I think it's probably made you all really, you know, kind of like, gosh, I really can do that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. I do too. So the last question is, um, what would you say to a student that is about to take on collaborative work, uh, collaborative challenge, which is what it's called now, what would be your one piece of advice to a student that was going to embark on this process? 
Um, I guess don't allow your expectations to limit your creativity. Um, I know that when we went into this project, each of us had different expectations about what it was going to be. And I think uh, it didn't quite come to any of them, but I think what we ended up with was something much richer and more interesting and a real collaboration. Um, and it was only through our, our flexibility and our creativity and uh, listening to each other that we were able to get there. Um, well, as for me, I think my advice is try to be open and uh, I want to give our full values to the other I mean, students who focus on the collaborative unit, belonging, appreciation, empathy and flexibility. I think those four values are so essential. Yeah, thank you, Olivia. That's really, yeah, that is, I totally agree with you. I think those words, they carried you all through because you all agreed with them and you all agreed with the, those definitions that you created together. Um, and yeah, I want to thank you so much for for just being so brilliantly honest and yeah, and for working so hard and for producing such an incredible incredible body of work honestly um and thank you for coming in and doing the podcast oh thank you so much this is really nice uh, thank you for inviting <laughs>